If you haven't signed up for the Discord channel, if you're wondering what it is, it's a great community of sometimes like-minded individuals that uh, are all curious about how to make your life a little bit more delicious. We also have great discount codes to partners at Athletic Brewing, uh, the best non-alcoholic beverage around, Cometeer, the coffee that changed my life, and uh, any day. Uh, I still haven't told you what I do with my freezer now using all my any day. It's a game changer. And of course, all things Momofuku. Um, you can visit us at shop.momofuku.com for a discount code. And uh, you can visit us at places like Target and Whole Foods and a whole host of other stores nationally for our air-dried noodles, our chili crunch, and our salts and spices. So go check that out. Thank you so much. Let's get on to the show. Reboot your credit card with Apple Card, the only credit card designed for iPhone. It gives you up to 3% daily cash back on every purchase. It's real cash that never expires or loses value. Apply for Apple Card in the Wallet app on iPhone. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Daily cash is available via Apple Cash Card, issued by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC, or as a statement credit. Terms and more at AppleCard.com. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. Welcome to the Dan Chang Show, part of the Ringer Podcast. I'm represented by Major Gilmer Media. If I fall asleep while doing this podcast, uh, it is because I am um, um, scared. I'm, I'm highly medicated right now. <laughs> is, there, is there a legitimate chance you're going to fall asleep talking to me here? Man. You look tired. <laughs> so tired. Have you been okay? So explain the medication, and then I want to hear about this freezer thing you just alluded to. Um, yeah. So people know I I, I uh, screwed up my back, but you know the problem is to get insurance to get you an MRI that clearance. Fucking health insurance companies takes you forever. So I had to get like a week clearance, and then um, they still wouldn't do it. I was just so much pain. I was like, fuck it. I'm just gonna do it and submit the claim. Went to get an MRI, and it showed that I have uh, herniated my L4 disc, which I've herniated before, my L5, which I have never done, and L5-S1, which is um, really close to your sciatic, you know, corridor stuff. Anyway, not only did I, this, I herniate those, but the right part of my vertebrae on the L5-S1 is broke off. So technically, I broke my <laughs> spine so like you know there's a little curvature that goes outside your spine uh-huh, uh-huh. you know like a yeah, like yeah, a yeah. v like a, yeah. like a curved v the one on the right side on my right side of the l5 is no longer there that's not an important piece of <laughs> your body you could just lose that yeah. and where it te- where it got lost was right in the the the, the nerve highway so it's it's uh yeah it's been great. You really swing a golf club too hard, I think. If you broke <laughs> no, your back, and I, and doing listen, it. and 
it was it wasn't just that the guy the doctor said I have a lot of scar tissue and it's not one thing that made this happen. It is my life that made this happen over time. I mean, this is, I mean, I assume this is also decades of reaching up and down to low boys and walking up and down stairs yeah. with junk, right? Yeah. I mean, I've had a bad back, but he's, it was just, this is an area that I've never really had an issue before either, but um, something was bound to happen according to him at least. Anyway, uh, changed my, um, my medicines that I've been on. Changed my painkillers and the steroids, and I got an epidural, which is not fun. I've had them before in the past, but um, anyway, having to go to New Orleans and then um, San Francisco for work, I was wheeled around in a wheelchair because oh I couldn't God. walk from the airport. It was just so painful. Um, and when I, when I say pain, I would say it's just below the threshold of when I had kidney stones. Oh my god! In your leg, you were saying. But, yeah, not the, and we'll move on. But this is the way I was describing. I got shot in the right ass with a twenty-two caliber pistol, <laughs> and I tore my ACL and I broke my ankle, and I have third-degree burns all over my leg. That's what it felt like all the time. Oh my and god! And with with repeated Charlie horses, like every possible part of my leg. Oh my god! You know, from the toes up, felt wrong, and I was literally telling my wife. I just want to amputate my leg off. Just take it off. Just take it the fuck off. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. So, that sounds like a true, true nightmare. I had to can I had to cancel um, South by Southwest. We also had Food Expo West, which is the big Comic Con for food nerds. I mean, it really is. We need to do a best in show um, type of documentary because the people that are in consumer product goods, it's um, it's weird. Gotta say, mm-hmm. it's a lot of. Hey, I had an idea sitting on my lawn chair and now i have a multi-billion dollar company you know <laughs> that t- type of stuff it is, like, it very is a strange big deal. stories i didn't know it was a big deal until recently but it's what like thousands Huge. and thousands of people's just yeah. showing their wares thousands sixty-five thousand people mistaking it for comic-con <laughs> and let me ask you this um, who are you who are all the vendors there for like who are they trying who are the buyers like who are they trying to impress it's really retailers and buyers, and they're looking for the new thing. And okay. it's it's a it's a little bit like high school cafeteria, right? You're trying to go with the like the coolest area, the best real estate. And I've learned so much more about it, but you know, it's quite a business that Expo West has put on because your spend per year for your location calculates to the multiplier for your lotto pick for the following year. So it's oh, it's like increasing God. your spend every year. Um, it's really great business model for them, but if you don't know what it is, Expo West takes place in Anaheim. I think there's Expo East, there's fancy food show in Manhattan. And I think there's a couple others, but this has become by far and away the biggest where, uh, when you go to the grocery store, anything right from the ketchups to the freezer aisle, to the chips that you eat, all of them at one point started at Expo West or had a, a, uh, exhibition there. And that's just sort of like where you show like what's going on. Like this is this is the best and brightest. This is the new, and it's a little bit like a fashion show, New York fashion show for the media too. It's like gives you an idea of what's going on. Anyway, uh, Momofuku partnered up with Meaty, and I was supposed to be there. I couldn't attend, and then uh, I was supposed to be in South by Southwest to do a talk with Nick Jamey from uh, Sweet Green and and Tyler, good old friend Tyler from Meaty at South by, but I couldn't get on a plane. There was no point. There was no way I was going to get on, and everything in in Austin is so far away. So there was just 
no way. Um, so good old Tom Calicchio was able to replace me. Thank you, Tom. Um, yeah, it's been a been a eventful week of pain and misery and suffering. Oh my god! I'm not better. I'm not better for it. Oh my god! And the kids are like, "Why aren't you picking me up?" <laughs> like, they yeah, have no regard for it. pain. They have no regard for pain. No regard. Um, but yeah, so that happened. And thanks for all the well wishers. Um, but uh, we'll see if my back doesn't get better. So. This bone chip theoretically should be absorbed, reabsorbed by your body, my body. And if it's not, then I have to get it scooped out. It's meaning surgery. Okay, surgery. Yes. I didn't know that a body could just absorb a bone. God, the human body is amazing. I didn't know know either. (laughs) This is just why we should eat the bones when we're eating chicken, chicken wings, you know? Your body will just absorb that shit. Anyway, I just want to give you a brief update on my fucking health. And the it's just, I cannot get a stretch from eye infections to shingles to fucking all kinds of flus and COVID and everything, man. Like, just give me a stretch. And I was trying to be healthy. Now I'm like, you know, <laughs> sidelined for, for a few months. Oh, my God, dude. I was, I was, saying, to, I was saying to Chang on the, our morning call, I can't believe the number of ways you have found to hurt yourself. It's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> well, the Oscars happened last night. Yeah. Yeah. Good old Jimmy Kimmel hosted. He crushed it. He's so good at this stuff. Yeah. He he's he's the guy they needed, right? He's the hero they needed. Make it work. It's not e- not not easy. Was- not easy to do. I heard a bunch of peeps, so I was reading a few things that were like Oh, and then he addressed the slap, which, you know, the Oscars didn't want him to. But, like, that's not true. They knew everything that was happening, right? Like, I thought it was hel- – yeah, and, and it was also hilarious. Yeah. It was such a fuck you to everybody that did nothing to. Yeah. <laughs> Just watched it happen. <laughs> uh, but the, uh, you're bearing the lead here, which is that um, the movie you hate the most in the whole world, Everything Everywhere All at Once won. It didn't say that. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ. I liked it a lot. Did I think it was the best movie I've ever seen? Well, did it move me like it moved a lot of my friends? The answer is no. Did it, am I extremely happy for Michelle Yeoh, Jamie Lee Curtis, Ki, Hu, Ki Hui Kwan? Yes. Beyond. Can I also feel like it wasn't the movie that moved me to be like, this is it? And for those that haven't been tiger parented, wh- when did you guys fucking stop? Being tiger parents. <laughs> Even right. if you thought it was the best movie of all fucking time. Right. Right? Yeah. Clearly you haven't been tiger parented. God, it could be so the greatest movie by far and away. This is what you say. It was okay. Right. It was okay. You know what? They could have done better. Mom, Dad, we won an Oscar for best picture. Hmm. Was it the highest grossing picture of the year? N- yeah. No. Did no? you sweep? Parasite did. <laughs> Why can't you be more like Parasite? Yeah, Parasite swept. So why why all of a sudden do Asian Americans just stop with our cultural traditions of shaming people for success? Yeah. Why what is up with this open armed, this is the greatest thing of all time. Let's just lay down and bask in the glory that is everything everywhere all at once. 
when I say, try better, Daniel. Yes. Is it I mean, a flawless say, movie? Across is the it, board, Is right? it a flawless movie? <laughs> I think even the Daniels admit it's not a flawless movie. <laughs> room for improvement. <laughs> However microscopic, there's room for improvement. But I extend it to all of us, right? So all the headlines are like, first Asian-American woman to receive an Oscar for Best Actress, first, you know, first time Asian this, Asian that. I think that we need to get to a point where there hasn't been a non-Asian winner for 50 years. That's where we have to get. That's our next goal. And what's going to get to is the fourth Asian woman that's won this. <laughs> the fifth Asian woman. Well, congratulations to them. I I, I was happy. I, no, I, I mean, I, I still can't get over the fact that people get mad that I don't. Can I li- like it, dare love it, but not think it's the best thing I've ever seen? No, Am I fair. beyond ecstatic that it won? Am I a little disappointed that Top Gun didn't win? Yeah. I, uh, I did. I, I, I uh, got a little misty-eyed with Ki Hui Kwan's acceptance speech. I like that he shouted out Chunk, his, his attorney. Fuck yeah, Chunk. <laughs> yeah, Chunk. <laughs> I just, again, I want to reiterate all you fucking people that were tiger parents that just stopped everything you were taught. Come on, man. That's ridiculous. That is not Confucianism whatsoever. Yeah, they didn't get, they didn't get this what? far by getting praised, so you can't stop now. The best response to truly love everything everywhere at once, if you truly love it, you're going to say they could have done a better job. All right, Tiger Parenting continues. Uh, um, an- another update: Last of Us premiered. Too scary for me. I, I can't watch. Did it. you watch any of it? I watched a little. Too scary. It's too I don't want to watch it. It's too scary. It's so scary. Why does it have to be so, so scary. scary? Why do Why do I want to watch something scary? <laughs> Someone tell me why I want. Do I want to eat stinky tofu? No, I don't. <laughs> The body sets up these natural defenses for a reason. Yeah. You shouldn't be eating things that are that stinky. You shouldn't be watching things that are that scary. Give you nightmares. Um, Dole Whip is making its way to grocery stores and food news. You don't care about Dole Whip at all. Why? Why should I care about Dole Whip? It's pretty good. What is it? It's the frozen Dole pineapple custard from... uh, Disneyland. Dole Whip yeah, is, is you get it outside the Tiki Lounge at Disneyland. It's just soft serve pineapple and then they serve it with pineapple juice. Yeah. No reason to get that. <laughs> I agree that's probably not that good outside of Disneyland. And there's never been anything at that's... Disneyland. Here's 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 my like my Asian family uh uh cheapness though. If I go with my parents or I go with my family, if you don't finish your stupid Mickey Mouse pretzel, you don't finish your Dole Whip, you don't finish whatever lollipop you bought at Disneyland, we always take it home with us. And then it just sits there on the counter as sort of a sign of shame and guilt that we spent money that we didn't use. Um, and in Food Beast news, California is trying to bring Amsterdam-style food and music and cannabis lounges. Um. Assembly Bill 374 would allow cannabis products to be moved across state borders and for food and drink to be served in dispensaries. Let's see here. 
I one day should I let you know what should I tell everybody what happened with, with my with my uh, one of my Amsterdam food stories? I don't know this story. I wrote <laughs> sort of wrote about it in the Wall Street Journal. Remember? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you should tell I it. Talk- you should tell it. Let's get t- talk around it. Let's see what happens. I mean, we're gonna really put a good twenty minute chunk. Uh, <laughs> Let's get it. Okay. So I've at this time I've been to Amsterdam when I was sophomore in high school. Got obliterated. Smoked so much pot. It was the first year I think that space cakes were being sold. So I've had them. That was like the year. Um, but who knows what were in space cakes at the time? Because it could have been just THC, but also maybe like acid who knows you ate one and you were all you were you were gone what is it is it a space cake a brownie it could be any it, it turned out to be any kind of sweet convection type of thing okay they can look delicious <laughs> cupcakes carrot cakes <laughs> uh-huh. cookies chocolates whatever but like space cake it, it could just be like a muffin too right anyway um i have a lot of stories about that but i'm going to give you the best one the last, so the, it, it, a lot of them revolve around Cook It Raw, the famous Cook It Raw dinner where I almost got in an A fight with the Finnish <laughs> <laughs> cameraman. Yes. Um, not knowing that was a pastime in Finland. Um, and after seeing the Aurora Borealis and having one of the worst services of my life because uh, David Scabini had uh, intimate <laughs> relations <laughs> while I was smoking my trout in hot oil. There's so much to the story. I that whole story. Well, what you just said, though, for people who have no idea what you're talking about, smoking his trout in oil was wait, not wait, a should euphemism. We just back, should we back this up before we get <laughs> to mean, bar stories? There's so you. much. There's so much. We're not even going to get out of food news, man. We're not going to get out of food news. All right, I'm going in. I'm going in. I'm going in All the right. whole thing. Okay, okay. Can you look up what was the year? This was the year of the Icelandic uh, volcano that diverted planes all over the world. I think it was 2010. 2010. Yeah, 2010. So if you don't remember, there was a volcanic eruption and like all of Europe was blotted out. Um, before that we got there, I was already in um, Sweden, right? Was I in Sweden? Yes. It's the first time I met Magnus. We're going to the border of Sweden and Finland. We're going to Lapland right? Which is where Santa Claus was invented. Um, this whole cook it raw. It was like uh, the third me, cook you it mean raw. Santa Claus was born? Thank born. you very much. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> Touche. Um, anyway, it was like an eight-hour train ride from Sweden. Uh, the reason I had to go up a day late, because I was teaching class at Harvard. Just <laughs> FYI. <laughs> God, this fucking guy. Carry on, you know, professor. I, go on, professor. So I missed this epic train ride. Who was there? Look at the list of names. Uh, you, if you look it up, Cook It Raw Lapland. I'm looking it up. But all my good friends were there. Um, and they had this eight-hour train ride of debauchery, from what I've been told. I was so bummed I missed it. But I had to meet everyone there. I flew up to Lapland. And when you get up to the ski country up there, there's not really high mountains. It's just like hills. And it looks very depressing, quite frankly. But there's this beautiful lodge. Um we cooked there, and then we were going to um, do the dinner about an hour away, closer to Finland. While we were there, um, Massimo, you, so you're, 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 this whole cook it raw thing was to cook with some kind of theme per dinner when you were traveling around the world to do this. It was like a traveling 
rock band or something like that. Anyway, a touring band. This one was about, uh, I can't remember what the restrictions were. The first one was not using electricity. This one, I can't remember exactly what it was. But you weren't supposed to really use too much electricity regardless. Or like fire. And I've, uh, I've got, I just... I've got some of it here. I'm going to read some of it. You know what I'm looking at right yeah. now, Cheng? I'm looking at the food snob blog mm. entry about Ali, this. Ali. Ali's uh, food snob. This time, the third time was to be a little different, tiptoeing up upon the edge of civilization. The intention was to take these chefs out of their comfort zone to force them to, quote, reboot their culinary poetic under the sign of nature with a focus on the secondary sense of raw, wild, the blah, 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 blah. The attendees were Albert Adria, Iñaki Eisbitart, Frederick Anderson, Alex Atala. Jesus, this is a murderous row. Pascal, Claude Bossi, Massimo Batura, Yu, Kike, Kike da Costa. Narisawa, Magnus Nilsson, Peter Nilsson, Daniel Patterson, Rene Redzepi, Davide Skabin, and Hans Valimaki. I don't know how that's pronounced. Um, so when we get up there, we're in Lapland, and the dinner was going to be later. And you're cooking for like 50 journalists, so it's a very intense uh, dinner, right? Something you don't want to fuck up. But we decided to do it a little bit different, where you're teaming up with people beforehand. So you're doing two meals. You're, you do like a a dish before the dinner and you sort of like say, this is what I'm working on. You're just sort of fucking around with like another person. Uh, and then you do the dinner. Um, but for whatever reason, I remember Massimo had to leave early. So he did his presentation early and I shit you not. He was cooking deer tongues, reindeer tongues in a bathtub. <laughs> so in his bathtub, he had set up water circulators and they were about, couple hundred reindeer tongue cryovac with herbs cooking in his bathtub i wish i had a photo of it because it was just a sight i'll never forget like what the fuck is happening in here <laughs> so insane um yeah so that, that was it so some of the chefs had to leave early so they did their like dish before the dinner and albert agio was there as well and he, i remember he made a brown butter ice cream so in all of these houses that we were staying at on the pro property, they stocked it with brown bread. So if you're up there, people eat not bread, but they never eat white bread. It's always brown, brown bread with a lot of like spices and stuff. So he made that into one of the most delicious things I've ever had, a brown butter, brown bread ice cream hmm. that somehow he, he took eggs and he, he made ice cream and an anglaise on like, um, like a heater from like the stove, like a, like a, it was crazy. There was nothing to make ice cream, and he did it, and he spun it, and it was delicious. So <laughs> I, I remember those two things being like, whoa, like, this is crazy. Anyway, uh, we slaughtered a pig, and people would cook with pig's blood. All, all kinds of fun stuff that was happening on. But then we get to the restaurant that's on the border of Finland and Sweden. And I meet Magnus Nielsen for the first time, I remember. And... I think Renee or somebody had the bright idea that we break up the teams. Instead of doing one dish individually, we're going to break it up into two. Uh, no, groups of like three to four because they were such a big group. So we drew straws. And some people, you didn't know who it was going to be. But I got stuck with just one person, David Scabine of Combal Zero, which is a two mission star restaurant in Turin. Great chef. Uh, so I was the only person that has two people. And I was like, oh. When I got Davide, I was so pumped. 
you know, Renee got his team. Alex had their team. Everyone's at three to four chefs. I can't remember. I'm sure you could look it up online uh, if, the, if it exists. And when I pulled Scabine, I was like high five. And I was like, this is going to be amazing. The reason why <laughs> I wanted Scabine is this motherfucker is the world-class sandbagger. I had done two <laughs> dinners. I had done two dinners with him already. He had never shown up to do any mise en place. Everything was already done somehow and played it. Like the first cook at raw, he did like slices of perfectly cut raw filet that was frozen with caviar and you ate it on a cinnamon sheet. It was delicious. Mm -hmm. He's never done. I never seen him do any mise en place. So when I got Davide, I was like, oh shit. This fucking guy's got our dish done. I won't have to do anything. I, I'm, I'm just going to chill out in the sauna and the fucking hot tub. This is going to be great. Because he had done, Davide had done two dishes totally sandbagged, he decided this one was going to be different. He wanted to do it all in minute. And I was like, no. <laughs> Play the hits. What, what are you doing, Davide? <laughs> So what Davide wanted to do was to build a pit, uh, and, uh, uh, like an ancient earth pit where you lay down rocks and uh, tree branches and then wet moss. Yeah. And it's almost like you're doing a lobster bake. But like we're talking about the winter here, mm -hmm. and it's tundra. And you can't really <laughs> dig through frozen soil too much. So you know what had to happen? We had to melt the ground with fire. So he built... Spent all the time building, I had to help build this massive fucking fire to like help melt the ground. So we were going to do trout, local trout, and I made a uh, reindeer milk dashi with local herbs and, and berries and stuff. It was beautiful. But we needed the trout to be cooked, right? Um, everyone else has their dishes. Everyone else is, and like it's game time. This is like a, a, the intensity of a runway fashion show. You got to get it done and plated because you're going to be judged i i for the life of me know like four hours beforehand we still can't get the fire started we're this is not going to go well davide's not even around because he just got <laughs> married so he was having you know a lot enjoying, of newlywed enjoying <laughs> consummating the marriage sure and i gotta say that like there's like huts everywhere like with fur fur rugs everywhere it's hard to describe where what i what i'm where i'm at but it's wonderful. It's very luxurious. Anyway, I have the bright idea that I need to come up with an alternative dish because there's no way that Davide is going to get this dish ready. So I, I'm like, I'm just going to have to cut my losses. If Davide can do this, we're not going to put on the menu like, or this dish. <laughs> uh -huh. So I prepped out a bunch of trout, and I remember getting um, Peter Nielsen from La, La Gazetta in Paris to help me prep it all out. And we cured it in a little salt and some sugar and some other herbs and spices. I can't remember the local stuff, the cloud layers and shit. <laughs> and then, and then we were going to put it, I had rapeseed oil, local rapeseed oil. And we put it in a pan. And when I, when I was talking about like these saunas and stuff, they're tents. They're like giant teepees, right? Like a yurt. With yurt with a big fire in the center and all around the fire are all these like fur rugs and shit. So I'm like, you know what? Since all the, uh, every place is being cooked in this kitchen, I have no room. I'm going to just 
if I put it over the fire at the very top and I use the pulley right at the apex of the hole of the teepee, it should it should get mm-hmm. around like 150. So if I put it in there three hours beforehand. It should be like properly confit by the time dinner starts. And I and I set it up. I knew it was going to work. And I was like, good. At least I'll have the fish ready. I got all the mise en place ready for the original dish. So if by the grace of God, fucking Davide's fucking fish gets cooked in this tundra, then fine. If not, I have a backup, right? So we just change. This is what happens. You change the wording on the menu so it could be a variety of things. Who knows, right? Fish in the style of the day. Got it. Anyway, uh... We're now plating. We're now like, we're like, it's our turn is up to plate. Davide's late and he's nowhere to be found. He's nowhere to be found. Um, and I'm waiting because I send Ryan Miller to go get the fish and he comes back and he's like, dude, I can't get our fish. I was like, what are you talking about? I think somebody's, <laughs> I think somebody's having sex where we are, where our fish is cooking. <laughs> Somebody's having sex in our oven. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, no, it's it's. I can't get in there. They're naked. <laughs> and he's like, and, and and there's something else, Dave. Uh, I think our fish our fish is ruined. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, you're gonna have to come and see. So I run outside. It's like 20 below. And I go to the yurt, and I see Davide post-coital. Uh, <laughs> Just in his post-coital glow. Under a f- Is he wrapped up blanket. in a fur blanket? <laughs> and he's like, oh, David. I just, <laughs> My partner. partner. I just put a. To this fire, I just put some more wood on the fire, and he was so cold. he was getting colder. He put so much wood on the fire in the yurt that engulfed my fish. <laughs> oh god! Up top. Dude. Oh my god, man! <laughs> what What was your reaction in that moment? Were you Were you pissed? I had to run out. I, I don't even remember. I blacked out in rage. I was so mad. <laughs> And I, I, Davide now knew he, like, made a mistake. I was so pissed. And uh, he's like, no, 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 I got my fish. I got my fish. So he's like, we're now, like, three courses. Like, we, so then we missed our window to present our food. So now it's, like, somebody else. And then he starts to parade with somebody else. Um, it's almost like you bring a stretcher full of, like, uh, twigs from the forest. You know, a stretcher, like, yeah, you yeah, want yeah. to carry somebody that's sick and infirmed. Mm-hmm. And he brings it out with all the trout into the dining room (laughs) behind him with another person. And, and I'm like, like as a, as an experiential show, the trout's dead raw when he's like (laughs) plating it on. (laughs) I can't, I don't really remember what else happened. I, 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 if you look at the photos, you'll see the photo of the dish that I wanted to make. I think it was really beautiful and nice. Um, so we wound up, I think, again, I blacked out a lot of this stuff. I think that we wound up just like searing off some, some, some trout and making it regardless as a course. We, we got it out there, but it was a very rough service. <laughs> very, very difficult service for me. <laughs> 
I mean, that's just like, that's these Italian dudes, though, right? He's just, no, 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 it's fine. I'll just go out there with the stretcher of raw fish. It'll be fine. Um, I try, I listen, I, I wish I could do a better job of uh, illustrating everything, but it's really hard. There was, I'm trying to, like, cut this down as quickly as possible. All the while, there, there was a camera crew there that was in my, everyone's face the entire time. While this is happening, I'm having a meltdown of, of, of epic proportions. The last thing I want is a camera, like a documentary crew in my face with mm-hmm. a camera right there. <laughs> and, and over and over, I was like, come on. Even, I remember Renee and Claude. Everyone is getting mad that this documentary crew is there. And I'm like, dude, I lost my cool. And I'm like, you got to get the fuck out of here, man. Like, I, I, I'll, I'll fight you, man. Just get the fuck out of here. I'll fight you. I'm so mad. Just get out of there. You want to fight or something like that? I can't remember what I said. <laughs> I'll fight you. <laughs> I was so mad. Uh-huh. You know, just like, stop. I asked so nice, like, please, please stop. But I was like, what? Are you trying to, like, antagonize me? He's like, just leave me alone. Whatever happened got translated like, hey, uh, Dave, uh, that guy, he wants to have a knife fight with you outside. <laughs> Shit you not. <laughs> and, and I'm like, what? This, this is, is like the craziest day. What, what is happening? What are you talking about? How the fuck did we get to this point? <laughs> He's like, like, well, in Finland, if you challenge somebody, it turns into a knife fight. It's like a real thing. I'm like, I don't know if this is Urban Ledger or not, but this fucking guy was like, oh, man, I've been waiting all year for this, something like this. <laughs> Uh, I mean, this is like Marty McFly in Back to the Future 3 where he accidentally gets in a bar fight. And she's like, dude, you, you challenged him. Now you got to go out there. <laughs> now you go fight him. <laughs> what did you do? Where's your knife? I know. <laughs> so I had to go out there and get it translated. Like, listen, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I do not want to get in a knife fight with you. <laughs> you win. That's you so, win. <laughs> that's so disappointing for the, for the, for the knife fighting guy, though. Outside of seeing uh, the Northern Lights, it was a terrible, 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 terrible service. And I think you can laugh about it, but I was not happy with anything that happened. On top of it all, uh, we couldn't get back home because of the, of the fucking Icelandic volcano. volcano. Yeah. So if people don't remember, this was a huge, this was a global thing, a gigantic eruption, like all planes in Europe stopped. So... Um, because of that, we had to fly south of it. So we had to take a train to Amsterdam, all right? And maybe we could get on uh, Icelandic Airlines back. So we, everyone parts. Everyone's trying to get home. Um, I can't remember where Patterson was, Daniel, because I know he had to get back. But we were the only ones that were really stuck trying to get back to America. Um, so the, we were told to get down to Amsterdam, and then you could get on the plane, potentially. Because the, the air patterns would let you, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm thinking to myself, like, you know what I deserve after this fucking bullshit service? A night in Amsterdam. I just need to, just need to like, forget whatever happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. Get to Amsterdam. Um, I say goodbye to uh, Ryan, who wanted to spend a couple more days. I, I wanted to get home. And I'm at a coffee shop. And that's what it is. The Amsterdam-style food and music cannabis lounges, what that is really called is a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. And that's where they sell coffee and food. And sometimes you don't know what the food – and this might happen the first time in Amsterdam, my first trip in 1996. You don't know what the food is got THC or not sometimes. 
and they might as well tell you, but you may be so high, you don't even know what the fuck they're talking about. So you could just be <laughs> eating more space cakes when you thought it was just like normal food. And you see all those kids strung out at the Van Gogh Museum. That's where they all wind up. All the kids. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. Anyway, I'm going to get to the conclusion of the story, but I had to preface it with like how I got there. I was like, just get me out of here. The only way out is Amsterdam. Fine. So now I'm there, and this is, uh, in a nutshell, me. So I get to a, one of the hotter coffee shops, and they made beautiful pastries. Beautiful. And I'm like, <clears throat> okay, I'm going to have to buy, I'm going to smoke some, I'm going to buy a cake, and then I'm just going to like wander around the city, have a nice leisure night, get on the plane the next morning. I do that. Um, but I bought two space cakes. Mm-hmm. And the guy said, oh, is that just for you? And I bought one, right? I bought two, one for me and one for Ryan. So I bought two, and he's like, yo, he basically he's like, yo, that's very careful. Too much, right. Too, too careful. I'm like, yo, I got this. <laughs> this is the classic, the classic story, sure. I, I got this. I got this. <laughs> he's like, you should probably take half, right, of one. Right. He's like, just, and just very, and, very. And you say, you should have made it half size then. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I gave them back to him without speaking. You know, they speak English there perfectly. I'm like, come on, bro. I'm a professional. I'll take two. I'll take some of those. I'll take some of those pre-roll joints, and I'll take two of these beautiful-looking cakes. Uh huh. Needless to say, I get back to my hotel room, and I pass out. I don't do anything. I don't do anything. I I, I wake up the next morning. I'm like, oh, shit, I got to get there. I got an Icelandic air, and I got upgraded to business class. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, this is going to be great. I get to the gates at right outside the airport in, in Amsterdam, right, where you're outside ver- getting in. And I look at the, 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 the sign. It says, like, you know, like drugs and just make sure, whatever, whatever. And I'm like, just double check. I'm like, well, I can't roll with these joints, and I can't get on the plane with these joints, and I have these cakes. <laughs> Well, I can throw the joints away, but I was like, eh, I could time this okay. I could time this okay. So I, 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 take, I, I take out the space cakes, and I take half a bite, and the image of this guy that sold it to me comes up, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I squash it away, and I'm like, fuck you. I eat the whole one. one. <laughs> take one bite, half of one, and then I eat the other one. And then I'm like, oh, I can't throw this one away. No, 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 no. No, for real. And I ate the other one. I'm like whatever. I'm oh, like it'll be like Lord. twenty. It'll be like twenty milligrams. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. At the time, in fairness, at the time we did not think in milligrams. That's a new. That's a new thing. But sure, you ate both of them. Yeah. Oh baby Jesus. Mind you, the way I look right now, I haven't showered in like three days because you took a train. It, it was like a twenty-hour train ride to get from. Northern Finland in the Arctic Circle to Amsterdam. Like 20 hours of trains. I haven't showered. I smell bad. I look terrible more than I normally do. And nobody in their right mind would want to sit next to me. Nobody. So you look like every other American getting on a plane from Amsterdam. Yeah. <laughs> and I, because I was so tired, I didn't, sleep, I didn't um, shower when I got to the hotel. I just woke up the next morning. I was like, shit, I'm late. I got to go. I'm like, oh, fuck it. And also, you're so, I was so fucking high. I was like, you know, whatever, you know. But I hadn't showered. I looked terrible. I, that I remember very clearly. Like, oh fuck. Like maybe I can clean up at the. 
<laughs> Maybe I can clean up at the airport. If there's airport lounge or something. And uh, so I, um, I check in. I'm feeling good. No problem. Feeling good. No problem. I got this. These space cakes are nothing. I got it. I, uh, I'm about the fourth row in on business class on Icelandic air. And I'm sitting in the aisle. And um, it starts to like hit me. Like the, the vibrations. That's the way I can describe it. Like things start to vibrate. Feels like your vision's vibrating a little bit. And I'm like, mm, I'm about to take off the planet. I'm about to leave my my physical being and enter a world that I'm not prepared for. <laughs> and that's what it felt like. I was like, oh shit. It was the rumbles of takeoff. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. And uh, this is around, around September, right? Because it's fashion week. I remember that. And this really gorgeous, I'm assuming Dutch woman sitting in all white. I mean, again, I was dating a woman in, in fashion, so I could tell, right? She was gorgeous, and she's like, oh, sit next. So the first look she says is like, like she gave me, was like, oh, man, like, I got to sit next to this fucking guy. <laughs> and I remember she sits down, and she has a Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week, New York City Fashion Week book. So she's going for Fashion Week. She's very, very stylish. And I remember sitting down being like, okay, Dave, um, it's a little bit like Memento or something that turns into a werewolf or something. Like you got to give yourself a bunch of rules before you lose your mind. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I said, all right, Dave, you're about to lose, you're about to leave, you're about to fucking lose all consciousness here. Let's just try to get some muscle patterns going so you can like get through this, whatever is about to happen. Okay. <laughs> it's like, all right. So you get off, Dave. You're going to, you're going to, Press the button, release the latch, pull out the TV. <laughs> you know, press the button, release the latch, pull out the TV. Press the button, release the latch, pull out the TV. Press the button, release the latch, pull out the TV. Sure. Press the button, Mantra. release the latch. Oh, not, over and over and over, and you're just going to sit there, and you're going to watch TV for the entire flight back. That's it. Uh-huh. Sure. Safe. Safe. So, that's happening. And just to give you a state of being of where I'm at, the beverage person comes and says, would you like a drink? She orders cranberry cocktail. What do I order? Uh, Bloody Mary. A glass of milk. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Okay, so you've reverted to your child self. This is, yeah. this is the I legitimately ordered a over. glass of milk. I ordered a glass of fucking milk. <laughs> you like, what the you? fuck? What's wrong with you? So now uh, everything's starting to vibrate a lot. Like, I'm like, oh no, this is no, this is going to be terrible. Uh, I, I have no idea what's about to happen. But I, I got my mantra. I'm going to be okay. And now that we're sp- starting to like ascend, I tell myself, okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. Press the button, latch, pull the TV. Press the button, pull the latch, TV. What do I do? Where's what I should have done? It's remove the latch, press the button, pull out the TV. I had the order fucked up from the get-go. Okay? Press the button, remove the latch, you know? 
Uh-huh. It's like, whatever it was, I didn't remove the latch. Whatever I did, I didn't remove the latch. <laughs> what I did was, I went straight to take out the TV. <laughs> so, you know, you put it, it's in between you and the other person and right. the inside. Right. So I go in and I must look like Frankenstein because I, I'm like now reaching under with my hands trying to rip it out. Like, <laughs> Ugh! <laughs> Ugh! <laughs> you know, and like in between the console is my glass of milk and her cocktail cranberry juice. Oh, right. So I'm going like this, like, Ugh! like I would imagine I probably sound like that too. <laughs> and I'm, I'm trying to rip it out. I'm trying to rip it out of the, the thing so hard because I'm like, what's going on? In my mind, like for those that need an understanding of what it's like to be that fucked up, it's a little bit like um, exactly like uh, Wolf of Wall Street when Leo crashes his car and he can't get in. Not like that, but like those that know, know. You know what I mean? Like it, mm-hmm. you think you're doing something, but you're not. <laughs> you think, you think uh, you're doing one thing, but it's not. I, I'm thinking like, man – What's going on here? In my mind, I'm having a fully like comp like articulate conversation with myself. What's going on here, man? Like I press the button, I pull the latch, I'm like why my is it not? television set must be malfunctioning. Functioning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I'm thinking. <laughs> the fuck is going on? In in reality, I'm like, Rrr, <laughs> Rrr, <laughs> Rrr. <laughs> So I, I now yank the TV so hard. Again, imagine that it's in between me and the and the my passenger, and our drinks are in, sitting on top of the TV uh-huh. that I'm trying to take out. What yeah, happens? Well, I mean, it's Co- cocktail gun here. Cocktail cranberry cocktail just says a 2001 Space Oddity in the air. <laughs> <laughs> and let's not forget what color this woman is wearing. All white. Mm-hmm. All over. Oh, we haven't even reached thirty thousand feet yet. She screams and. Horror. Oh my god, dude. And uh I can't even speak. And I'm just like <laughs> wasn't me. <laughs> By George, somebody's knocked a cranberry cocktail on this woman. <laughs> she's like and she's so pissed. As she should. This is why I, I do remember this much, and I'm positive I was trying to exp- use my words, but this is when I realized, like, whatever I'm trying to say is clearly, like, it was clearly evident to me in my altered state that I'm speaking another language to them. <laughs> it's not Because that. I'm like, I'm so sorry. It's like, whatever I was saying, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Whatever I was saying only made them more mad because it must come out as, <laughs> <laughs> You were just a, a peanuts parent, just wah 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 wah. Because like, this is how I know. Her facial reaction was like complete confusion and anger. And then the the, the attendants they came up to me who spoke perfect English. Every time I spoke to them, were like, "What are you saying?" <laughs> oh no! I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> it's like. Oh no! So what? The, I, the true story. This is what I did. You know the little cocktail napkin under my uh, my glass of milk. I I I I did that to her. I picked it up. <laughs> <laughs> and I tried to, I tried to, to try, dab it. <laughs> try to dab it off. At least listen. When you're trying to get a stain out, you're supposed to dab. You don't. <laughs> you don't rub. So at least you got that right. So there, she's looking like a Grateful Dead T-shirt now. Her whole outfit. Right. Um here's the other problem 
nobody wanted to change seats with her. <laughs> and this is on the ascent. This, this, this oh, yeah. We just started five and a half hours. We just got started. Not even, you can't even start the clock yet. <laughs> Everyone's looked at me. Again, did I remind you of my p- appearance, uh, right? And now that I sound like I can't speak English and I'm, I'm a dangerous person. Oh my god! Not one person in that cabin wanted to switch places oh with this my woman. God, oh god. Uh, so we landed. <laughs> I finally came to five and a half hours later, and I wrote a note to her saying, "I'm so sorry. This is just blah blah blah, blah and I'm happy. Here's all my information, and I'm happy to pay for your dry cleaning, buy you a new outfit, take you to wherever you want to go to forget about this day." And she looked at me. And she walked past me, and I never saw her again. That's the uh, opposite of a meat cute. <laughs> so, all of that forty-five minute story. With all of that forty-five minute story in mind, do you support <laughs> Assembly Bill three seventy-four to bring cafes, Amsterdam style cafes, to California? I say yes if it allows people to have. <laughs> If it allows people to have stories like I just told, then yes. If it allows people to have travel stories like this, then yes. Uh, all right, there you have it. Assembly Bill 374. The uh, the good story bill. That's insane, man. That's insane. You've never heard me tell that story? I mean, I gave you the PG version, too. I remember... I, I remember... <laughs> the thing that's crazy to me is I actually... I do remember that story... You telling me that that story at some point? I didn't know that that was a continuation of the Cook It Raw Laplands story. Yeah. That's insane. It just was like the fucking shittiest fucking trip of all time. <laughs> some of the best stories ever, though. Truly, some of the best stories ever. Um. All right. Well, now that I that's the again got to be the longest story to a story to a story. But here we are. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. 
Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. So this is the sports and food month. And we're going to start off with best bar stories. Yep. A couple, uh, a couple asks. Chris, <laughs> have you ever participated in a spicy eating contest at a bar? I have participated in... I've never, I've never participated in a contest. I've done some of those gimmicky, eat the spicy thing dishes. There was one I remember at a very crappy local sushi bar. They called it Russian roulette. And they would take a maki roll and <laughs> arrange it in a circle. But under one of them was some insane, you know, habanero, ghost pepper, whatever, spicy, ponzu, mayo, <laughs> bullshit, whatever. So one one of the six maki pieces was going to be extraordinarily hot. And uh, my luck being my luck, of course, I got that one. The first try. First try, guys. One out of six chance, and I pulled it. And... I don't I don't do I don't do great with extreme spice anyway, but I was just I was weeping. I was weeping at the bar and at first, you know, the sushi bar, the sushi chef is kind of laughing, doing his just thinking, Oh, <laughs> yeah, you got it. Good job. Oh, you got the spicy one. But then I looked I would I couldn't stop crying. <laughs> I couldn't stop I, I couldn't stop suffering and crying and dying. And it reached such an uncomfortable place. Like neither it was just awkward. Cause I was clearly unhappy that this has happened to me. The joke that he had started was not was not working because his customer was now very very unhappy, and when I finally you know drank enough milk or whatever to form sentences, I said, "What is the point of that? Who? Why would you do that?" <laughs> and he said, "You're supposed to bring you you come here with your enemy and you eat that." It's <laughs> like what? That's not a thing. Going to dinner with an enemy so you can play Russian roulette is not a thing, man. Oh, it is a thing, Christian. It is a thing. It's not a thing. You don't go to dinner with your enemy and play Russian roulette with sushi. So that's the closest I've been to a spicy eating contest. What you got? Have you done one of these? Yeah, I mean, I mean I've done hot ones, but that uh, I think I've, th- I've talked about it before. I made the f- May of 1999, I made the cover of the Hartford Current as lunatic of the week for eating the spiciest wings of the Hartford <laughs> Buffalo Wing Contest. I might know this story, but I'd have never heard you say those words. Yeah, it, literally it's called Lunatic of the Week, and I tried to find a copy of it just so I could like have it recently. It was the first time I ever made a newspaper uh, was me, front front page. These wings, you're not going to find it. Don't worry. It's, oh, it, I'm it, it really happened. Um. We went to the train station in Hartford, and they had this Hartford Current held at like a wing fest. Anyway, the one the place that won it, you would have to sign this waiver for the like the hottest wing, and uh, I had like five of them, and I won like six hundred bucks. I, mean, I think I won three hundred bucks from the audience, and then the owner of the wing said, "I'm going to match whatever you raise," and that's the most money I ever earned in college. Was. <laughs> was 600 bucks cash um because i ate five just five wings most people couldn't even have a bite so i have a talent for eating it but it ruined my night because uh i wasn't allowed to um vomit when i was there but when i ran to the bathroom um 
it just came out of every orifice. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, was it a thing where there were like multiple people trying to do the same? Oh thing? yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> it, it was like trying to get you know pull Excalibur out of the stone. That's what I, you know. <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm trying so desperately to find this. I would love for somebody to find it. I'm on the cover, and it's like, and it literally said "Lunatic of the Week," David Chang. The the Hartford Current archives only go to 1986. I got okay. I'm gonna. It's 1999. 1999. All right, I'm gonna Lexus Nexus this. The front fucking page for sure. Um, I have. I think I'll find it later. I'm gonna find this. And then, and the other uh, spice eating contest. What was the? Were you with us at the bar in Copenhagen? When they had the spicy beef jerky, I think it was um, oh, McKellar's was, first bar. That was the that was the, that was the year before. I think that was probably around Mad One or something like that. Um, they have these beef jerky sticks that nobody could eat, and I said I could eat the, not just one. God, I am Marty McFly. I said I can eat the entire jar of it. <laughs> Did somebody call me chicken? Yeah. <laughs> So, like, you know, I think it was the McKellar beer guys. And they're like, you can't even have one. And, like, this was, like, I don't know what they doused the beef jerky in. But I said, fucking one. I can have all of them. <laughs> so I sat down. I ate all of them. And all of them was, like, six of them. Six mm. or seven of them. Um, I think I did permanent damage to my stomach. I, yeah, I burned no a hole in my stomach. I, 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 I felt like... Uh, I had produced an alien from the movie Aliens that it was about to burst out of my stomach. I <laughs> Extreme pain. One of the most painful things I've ever gone through in my life. For like I days, I assume. Not it doesn't yeah. just that's a that was that man. was that was really stupid. So I'm a sucker for spicy eating contest. I will do it. You tell me I can't do it, I'm gonna do it. Is there but there are so there are just I feel like the 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 problem to a spicy eating contest is there are those weird genetic outlier people who can just do it, and they ruin all the competitions. I don't know about that. I think they just intolerate pain. You don't think there are people who are specifically no heat they can tolerant? tolerate? They can tolerate it better. Wow. Yeah. All right. I mean, I think do you, <laughs> if you walked into a bar. So we're we're talking all this the sports uh, food stuff leading up to uh, Chang and I and the gang are going to Vegas to the Cosmopolitan for a hoops and hops event around the March Madness tournament. If you walked into a bar in Vegas on Friday night and it was whatever something spicy sitting there, spicy jalapeno popper, if you can eat it, it's free. This day and age, Dave Chang, can you can you resist the urge to compete? No, I'm definitely eating. I'm gonna <laughs> compete. <laughs> Zero lessons I'm gonna, learned. I'm gonna I'm gonna compete in anything and everything. If if it was literally like an oyster shucking competition, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> Any kind of competition in a bar, I'm in. I just wanna. I just so desperately. Anything wanna that's be. not dancing or karaoke, I'm fucking in. I just so desperately want us to be separated uh, in Vegas and for me to just walk by a bar and see you shucking oysters against a bunch of random Competition? Whatever. (laughs) Something about bars and competitions, I'm in. What's the best prize? Bar food and bar competition. The best prize. Honor. Is just a picture on the wall. Yeah. Put put my underwear on the wall. (laughs) 
Uh, amazing. All right, that's the positive side of, of bar stories. What about What's the, your worth bathroom bar story? I've got a, I've got so many. Every bathroom every bathroom experience of mine is embarrassing. So I don't I don't know. There's there's uh there are socially crippling ones. They're all socially crippling. There's one that is is um the first one that comes to mind. I think I was in a bar in Berkeley or San Francisco, and you know, I pride myself on being able to uh, poop in any condition, <laughs> like any any circumstance. There are people who can't go, you know, who who feel too socially or too too conscientious to go in a public restroom or things like that. That's never been my problem. I've I've I, I can go anywhere. I've I've gone in a boot on the side of the road. It's fine. But I I think I reached my I reached a real conundrum at this particular bar where I was having real tummy troubles. This was not like an optional, this is not an optional number two. This was an emergency number two situation. But I walked into the bathroom and it had a, either either had, I think it had like a swinging saloon style door for the main door into the bathroom. But then the stall itself had no door. Just an open, open to to the restroom situation, and I looked around and nobody was there, and I thought, I think I can, I think I can get this done quick. I think I can get in and out. I think I can get in and out under the radar. I did not get in and out under the radar. I was in there for a long time as multiple people just came out and were like, oh, oh, I, I, oh, my God, who would use that bathroom? You can't. It was not a situation where anybody uses this thing. There's no door. It's just a toilet in the middle of a room. <laughs> and so that was probably that's probably one of my two worst stories. I got I got one that's very similar to yours, sir. <laughs> Sophomore year college, uh, this is when I was taking some time off and I was visiting some of my friends in D.C. bar. I can't remember what bar it was, but very similar. Saloon-style bar, the doors. I remember they were green, right? (laughs) And I also remember that it was the kind of toilet that you don't poo in Mm -hmm. because there was no toilet seat to the (laughs) toilet. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it's there. But nobody uses it to go poo. It's not for pooping. Yeah, it's not it's, for pooping. It's a, it's it's like when you walk into a museum and it's like there's chairs here, but they're not for sitting. <laughs> I remember being so drunk, pretty drunk, that I remember, and it was also small. All that was in there was that and like a little tiny corner sink. I don't even remember if there's toilet paper. I don't remember anything, but I do remember. Being like, oh, I gotta take a shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then I remember sitting, going like, I going there, and it's only just like me. And then I remember my friends and other people. You can see inside. You know what I mean? Like from the mm-hmm. outside. From the outside, yeah. It's yeah. like a, it's like a, it's like a broom. It's like a broom closet of a bathroom. <laughs> And uh, next thing I know is they're like, oh, my God, Jason, Jason, get your shit in here. (laughs) Can you believe it? (laughs) So it became like a a circus monkey type of thing, like a freak show. 
people started to walk around just to see if it was possible that somebody was actually taking a shit in here. And you can't. And the thing is, you're stuck. There's nothing you can do. There's no. There's no denying it. And there's also no. And then once you're outed. You just got. You gotta just. You gotta own it. You gotta, you gotta own it. You gotta own it. <laughs> you gotta just. You gotta like, own it. You gotta own it. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrifying, man. Yeah. Uh, Have you ever shit yourself at a bar? <laughs> Let me think. Sharded. I mean, I'm. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to put this. There's not, it's not, I'm not saying it's happened. Uh, how do I say this without being misunderstood? I don't want to say right now that, of course, it's happened because I don't want to imply that it happens so frequently to me that I've forgotten about it. I just, I'm sure a little something has happened, but nothing memorable. <laughs> have, you, have you? Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> Come on. Come on. I'm dying. This is before I learned that you should never, if you're going to go out, even if it's a party or anything, I have to mark on my calendar, like, you can't eat for like 48 hours before yeah, don't eat. <laughs> don't, 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 don't eat for 48 hours. Yeah. It's like, you know, uh, I, it's like preparing for my colonoscopy. It's like, oh, you know what? Uh, no, I, no. Because there's just been too many moments of terribleness. So this is probably the worst thing that one of the worst, and I don't think I've told this to anybody. <laughs> Here's a good place to start. Th- why not? All right, fuck it. It's 2003, right before we opened up Momofuku, and I know that Hearth had just opened up with Mark Kenora and a bunch of my friends, and Hearth was on 13th Street. I had yet to open up the sign of the lease for 10th Street, 1st Avenue, but um, that movie Coyote Ugly was out. <laughs> With Piper Parabo, I think. Yeah. And uh, anyway, ever we ought to work together. They're like, you know what's fucking here? Coyote Ugly. It's like nobody had ever gone there because it was like a bar you would never go to. Yeah. And um, we went there, and it's like late. We like shut it down. It's like a Tuesday, Wednesday. It closed at what, two or three? I can't remember what it was. But like, Right before about to leave, it starts to fucking like downpour, like mm-hmm. crazy amount of rain. You know, it's like monsoon felt like rain, and it was like summer, so it was hot summers. And I remember leaving, and I'm like, "Oh shit!" I literally have to think, "Shit!" Like you leave the <laughs> bar, and you're like, "Oh no!" And I was pretty drunk. Everyone's sort of pretty drunk until you until you said, "I have to take a shit." The story you were telling sounded exactly like a country music song. <laughs> just like I was in late night in Coyote <laughs> hot rain, monsoon outside. <laughs> I had to and and like, and then like, this is how I was set up, right? I, 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 I wasn't, I used, like fast forward a few months, I would have just lived around the corner, but I was staying at my friend's place on the Upper West Side. So like, I, there, and I remember maybe not having enough money or like there was no cabs or nothing. I just remember being like, oh, no, like, I got to get back in there to use the bathroom. It's raining. Everyone's left already. So I'm like, I walk back. We're like, can I use the bathroom? They're like, you can't use the bathroom. They're literally like locking up the gates. 
I'm so far away from home and there's no cabs. It's like three or four. And also, let me remind you, I'm pretty drunk. So there could have been cabs, but I don't remember. <laughs> there's a, probably a bathroom right there, but whatever. I, uh, I'm like, I just have to – basically, I'm just going to cut the story short. It is now raining so hard that I had to just – there's nothing I could do. I pooed my pants. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I appreciate that we got the Hemingway version of that instead of the Dickens. <laughs> but here's here's the craziest thing. I had to walk. It rained so hard. I just did it in the pour, pour, pouring rain. <laughs> oh, no. Just drenched in your own shit. It was such a low point in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, technically, that's outside of a bar. <laughs> Good God. I remember walking down up First Avenue in like the middle of the street with like soiled soiled pants, being like, wow, this is this is this is just so sad. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I wanted to bring it up. I think that there's a higher because bar bathrooms are such a scary place to take a number two. I think there's gotta be in all the places in the world in terms of location. Where people have accidents, like a shark, right? <laughs> yes, like a shark. It is a shark. I think it's a disproportionate amount of sharding happens in sports bars. Yeah, because a shart a shart happens when you <laughs> when you have to fart but you can't poo, or you have to poo but you try to fart. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. What I mean is. It's a, it happens in a place where you have no opportunity to poo. Yeah, <laughs> you've got to release. You've got to release a little bit of pressure. Yeah. Now, if you would let us poo, there'd be less sharts. I agree. I think this theory is right. More sharts happen in bars than any I know. other location I, I, in the listen, world. Listen, I'm telling you, this sounds crazy, but listen, there's somebody could create a statistical analysis of pe- the places in culture where people shart the most, right? Yeah. I would say a sports bar is if this is like a family feud, it's got to be like number one. Yeah, number that's got to be a family feud question. <laughs> Where do you people shart the most? I would say sports bar has to be a top right top twenty five percent. And then and then it gets down to your your aunt who's on your your family team and she says, "Church, Steve, church." <laughs> She's like, "What?" <laughs> I agree with that assessment. That's that's something. If uh, yeah, sharts happen in bars because you don't want to use the bathroom. Again, uh, this could have been our doctoral thesis at Cambridge University. <laughs> we if just only, did it in forty minutes. Few, if only a few things had gone our way, if we'd gotten into Cambridge. <laughs> uh, so here's a question then. If going to let's say if if going to a sports bar has this obvious downside of you can't poop there, what about the alternative, which is going to the game? Are you buying? Or are you selling? Going to an actual sporting event? I think it depends. Also, considering what a pain in the ass it is to take a shit at a sporting event. <laughs> I think most people would probably say tailgating is better than going to the event itself. Hmm. Do you think tailgating is overrated or underrated? I think tailgating 
It depends. Like, I, I didn't go to a school that has a great football team like college, and I have a terrible, you know. If I went to University of Michigan or Florida or whatever, Georgia, I think that's something you root for your entire life, those football and those basketball teams. If I was one of those assholes that went to Duke, I'd be like, yeah, fucking Duke, amazing. You know, um, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I don't know how Duke University has the entire state of New Jersey as its population. <laughs> yeah, we've mentioned this. Everybody from Duke is from New Jersey. How is that fucking possible? <laughs> There's some kind of loophole for in-state tuition from yeah. New Jersey residents. Ky- Kyrie Irving from New Jersey. <laughs> um I I don't know. I, I think tailgating, you know, if you're in college and you go to one of those big, big SEC schools, then yeah, amazing. I have friends that go tailgating for professional teams. I think it's part of the ritual. I just have never been part of it. And I would think that if I was, that would be better than the game. And I'd also argue that the food is way better at a tailgating than the actual stadium as well. Because some people can do massive spreads. You can see ridiculous spreads at We've seen him when we went to, I've been to a few SEC games. Um, really s- remarkable. I would probably say college tailgating is better than most professional tailgating. Hmm. I think – And no one really tailgates at basketball games. We're, we're talking strictly American football. Right. So I've always thought that the idea of tailgating was a very romantic notion. I thought it was cool. And, you know, I went to Cal, where we also don't have a great legacy of sports. And tailgating isn't really a thing. There are, you know, frat parties and things like that. But there's no there's no proper tailgating. In, in terms of we're, we're set up, we're camped out outside the game, in the parking lots, whatever, in the designated zones. People are smoking meats and, and, and there are, you know, festivities happening. The only proper one I've been to is the one with you when we went to the Iron Bowl, Auburn, Alabama. And... I will say, with a small sample size of just that one thing, I was a little disappointed. Not in the effort that was put out for the spreads, but just, it didn't feel like a big thing. Listen, Auburn, no offense to Auburn, but you're not a fun school to go to. (laughs) Seemed incredibly not fun. Just not. I think it'd be a little bit different at uh, uh, Tallahoosee. Where's Alabama? Tuscaloosa. Tuscaloosa. I've been at College Station, Texas A&M. That was different. Ole Miss has probably the best. Real smokers and shit come out. Um, but Auburn was not the the social scene that I was hoping now, for. Now, when you go to when you go to those other ones, is the here's the, here's the here's the other part that throws me off. When you go to Texas A&M, College Station, Tuscaloosa type places, are people genuinely gathering outside the stadium? having their barbecues, their tailgates, and then going into the game? Is that the actual move? Or are they staying outside the whole time? Well, we learned this even more in Auburn, but this is true at the other SEC school places, SEC school spots. A lot of boosters have houses. So the move is you have a party house that's closer to the stadium. Mm -hmm. So you get pregame there Mm -hmm. and you eat. Then you go to a designated tailgate party at the stadium mm-hmm. party more there then you go to the game and then after the game you go back to the pregame house mm-hmm. yes regardless win or lose it's like non-stop 
Um, I, you know, just thinking about it, I think tailgating is probably a good place where people shart the most too. So you're gonna do, you're gonna <laughs> no bathrooms, no bathrooms provided. Um, no, I, I think it can be fun. I think the food depends. I remember going to Redskins game when I was earlier in my life, and it can be really fantastic. You know, I remember Bradford Thompson used to be the chef at the Phoenician, huge Giants fan. They would make big, big, big fucking spreads. But I also know people that often tailgate at their home if they have like. I remember hearing stories of Kimmel back in the day when he would have people over at his house for football. Uh, people would have people have big spreads at their homes mm-hmm. as well. So it, you can, you can certainly do it. It just seems to me from the outside, college football games kick off at you know noon or one o'clock. They're afternoon games. It's just a lot to get done before then. I feel like the, the moving from location to location. I feel like tailgating, tailgating, a proper tailgating day is is difficult to pull off, and it's a little bit of a myth. So for me, until I see a really great one, it's going to be a little overrated for me. Um, and the food at tailgating, I don't know. Can can it be great other than barbecue and hot dogs? Seven 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 bean layer dip. We had it all. I don't think it's about the food, but people say that tailgating food is all that. But I would say outside of say barbecue and smoked meats and chili. I don't know. Outside of things that you can pull out directly from the grill or out of a, you know, slow cooker or whatever, it can't be good. I don't think so. Uh, at Trinity College, people used to tailgate. We'd have more people tailgating for the squash events, squash games, than football. <laughs> Did you guys have a good squash team? Not only did we have the good, we had the greatest team in NCAA Division One history of any it's... sport. We didn't lose. Wait. We won like 18 years in a row. We won the NCAA Men's Squash Championship and like undefeated in 18 years. We were also, that first year at Trinity College was the first year that some of my close friends were recruited. We were like uh, the University of Kentucky for squash. Blue now, chips. We, here's the we, thing. There was this guy, Marcus Camby. Not Marcus Camby. Marcus <laughs> Cowie. It was right around Marcus Camby when he was at UMass. We called him Marcus Camby. Marcus Cowie was the number one junior guy from England. We were bringing guys from Israel and Pakistan and India. It was the, like the most international team. And we just stacked a deck because some, of one, some rich booster Trinity wanted to beat Harvard and Princeton. And now, even though now we weren't here's... academically inclined, we just cheated our way. Not cheated, but we loaded the deck. Now here's a, here's here's a little thing that I have to I have to say that may pop your bubble a little bit here. What you just said about Trinity squash is what I would say about Cal rugby. UC Berkeley's rugby team was whatever ten consecutive national championships, the best rugby team in the world, can compete with you know international teams, incredible rugby team. A few years ago, I want to say within the last five or ten years. They folded the rugby program at Cal, the best rugby team in the nation, because it's not actually an NCAA sport. <laughs> it's like a separate thing. It's and a club. It's really a club. And as I look at college squash, I think you might be dealing with the same situation no, here, where it's no, not no, an NCAA. No, it, no we're wrong. I went to D3 school, but we squash was a D1 sport. There is NCAA D1 squash for sure. There's real NCAA Division I oh, squash. The, I, the Ivy League 
all has. Mm, I forgot uh, about the Ivy. I forgot. I forgot about those people. They definitely play squash. <laughs> yeah, dude. You're talking about this stupid game that some people take very seriously. What does tailgating a squash game look like? A lot of uh, gin and tonics and bloody mary and <laughs> shit like that. But are you are you then going into the what is it the the courts and standing around behind the glass and cheering and stuff? Are people are there's audience? Yeah. Yeah, Whoa. people get just getting shit faced beforehand. Whoa. Yeah, so sad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I went to a couple just to see, and I didn't even know how the fuck you played the game. Yeah, but it's, it's it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. They're in a glass box hitting a ball around. Yeah. But tailgating so, it sounds pretty fun. Yeah, I, I you know we're gonna get into the best stadiums and all that stuff, but it was just more of a question of. Going to a sports bar, I think we talked about it last week. I think it's got to be the right situation. And I think usually it benefits you if you're younger and you don't really have a nice TV, et cetera, et cetera. But I think that, for the most part, is it. I can't imagine a sports bar, unless it's very luxurious. I think of real sports in Toronto. I I go there just for the food. It's delicious. Um, Tailgating, to me, I'm not – I know a lot of people feel tailgating is – more important than the event itself. And I know there are people that go just to tailgate with no intention of actually getting a ticket. Uh, I just know very little about that life. To me, that's not something I would want to do. <laughs> do Okay, so do any of the what you just said, going to, to what is it, real sports in, in Toronto? Yeah. Do any of these, the bar foods we've been talking about, chicken wings, potato skins, etc., do they translate out of Do you ever want to eat those things outside of a, a sports bar situation, though? I guess yeah, chicken I, wings I for to, sure, but not... Yeah. Yeah. All the time. Hmm. Interesting. When is bar food not good? I mean, it's always good. It's always good. But I would never think to cross that line of just eating them at home. <laughs> just eating some potato skins. Just recreationally. Why not? Something about... Something about going to the sports bar and watching sports on TV while I'm eating this stuff, this sounds insane. But it's the same principle as when you go to an, uh, an actual sporting event. Something about all the running around the athletes are doing somehow justifies me eating this food. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, they're burning a lot of calories. I'm going to consume those calories for them. Net zero here. <laughs> There's just something about it. I don't know. It feels bad. It feels... It just feels like a line I shouldn't cross. Of all the lines you're not going to cross, you're not going to cross this one? <laughs> I don't know, man. There aren't that many lines left. I have to keep some intact or I'm going to die. So, <laughs> listen. I, I, I can't really talk about tailgating because I just didn't. But I would say in general, um, you know, I do go to real sports when I'm in Toronto because I do like it. And I do like that it's um, – so bougie it's perfect for me i don't have to get up to get a beer <laughs> to get beer on tap at your table um yeah i like to it's like clamping i'll go camping if it's extremely luxurious i'll go to a bar sports bar if it's extremely luxurious yeah. right or if there's like barbecue there's a what's that barbecue place um that's near major domo moose barbecue moose craft it's basically mm-hmm. a sports bar Mm-hmm. I actually went there to eat and to watch a game recently because it's like, why not? If the food's compelling enough, I don't view it as a sports bar. Wow, real sports looks nice. It's awesome. <laughs> this looks very nice. Yeah. 
and one of the main things that's nice about these places is that you have unobstructed views from wherever you are of the TV, which, to your point, I feel like sometimes if you, at, at Crypto.com Arena or Staples Center or whatever it is now, it always boggles my mind that <laughs> the box seats, all of like the luxury boxes where they have the food and beverage service and comfy seats and all of that, have sort of terrible views of the game. Like, you don't see the game well. What you really have a good view of is the Jumbotron, just the yeah. big TV. You know, I, when I went to SoFi and I brought Hugo, I don't understand. Like, football's the worst sport to watch live, mm. number one. Um, I would still say basketball, if you can be courtside, is the greatest sporting experience of all time. Hockey is probably, in general, the best sport to watch live. Baseball, I don't give a shit. Baseball and football are the worst to watch live. Yeah. I think. I, I may have asked you this before, but I remember uh, – I've never been to a professional tennis match, but I remember David Foster Wallace writing about Federer was like, tennis is a sport you have to see in person to truly Oh, yeah, that, that – yes, yes. I, I would say that too. Yeah. Tennis is a good one to see in person, but it doesn't have – doesn't like move me. You know, I like watching tennis better on TV than in person. What about – Because I can change the channel. <laughs> if I need to. What about golf other than the Masters? I never watch it. What a in person. Sport. Yes or no? No. I used to watch. No. Terrible sport to watch in person. I'm not going to the Masters to watch golf. I'm going to the Masters to eat. Yeah. That's saying something, though. Yeah. I'm going to eat so many goddamn chicken sandwiches and pimento grilled pe- I mean, pimento cheese sandwiches and chicken biscuits and cheap beers. Amazing. Um, what do you want to get into next here? Should we talk about this bracket? Prepare ourselves? Let's go. So, what we've been preparing for in Vegas, the the show we're, we're going to record while we're in this Hoops and Hops event is going to be the Dave Chang Show Bar Food Tournament of Champions. We're going to try to whittle down a list of 64 different bar foods, specifically foods that you eat at at a bar not foods that you eat after i'm not talking about sort of your your post drinking drunk foods i'm talking about foods that are served at bars uh and i have prepared a preliminary seating of all 64 <laughs> foods and uh i want to run through some of these seatings with you first of all uh this was way harder than i thought it was going to be <laughs> when we first started talking about this thing uh and you'll see, and I'm sure you're going to have some objections here, but I'm going to go through my thought process. You tell me if there's any problems here, Chang. I wanted to divide it into four regions, just like the March Madness brackets. And I thought it would be best if those four regions could loosely be based on preparation style. You know how in that way that the, the, the NCAA tournament has the regions, but sometimes you have a West Coast team playing in the you know, southern region, whatever. There are a few, there are a few things outside of that. I also found immediately that the fried food region was going to (laughs) have way too many entries. So I decided to seed each region with one overall number one seed. So I identified four one seeds that would go into the four brackets and then filled them out otherwise. So region one, well, I guess the the first, first of all, the four number one seeds overall, and you can argue with me, are chicken wings, sausages of all types, 
fried potatoes of all types and pizza slash flatbread. Those are my one seeds. I think you got to like span it. Just chicken. Just sausage, chicken. Just chicken. Fr- like, fr- like just fried chicken, right? Well, t- t- take a listen to the list and tell me if you feel that way. Because I think that it might. might that, cost- is it sausages or encased meat? What what is the difference? No, sausages is very broad. Yeah, sausages is broad. I just I've don't also- think people will recognize that as a number one seed. It, like seeing sausages is like seeing like a Old Dominion as a number one seed. You're like what? <laughs> it's like hot dogs, chili dogs, bratwurst, the, the whole the whole gamut of all right, sausages. All right, all right. But let's go through the list and we can we can make adjustments. But tell me tell me how you feel after we go through some of these seeds. In in region one, the fried region. The one seed is chicken wings. The number two seed is fried cheese, meeting mozzarella sticks and fried cheese curds and things. Number three is nachos slash queso dip. Four is fried chicken, non-chicken wing fried chicken. I see this includes, to me, Korean-style fried chicken, karaage. Chicken tenders and stuff. Chicken though, tenders. Pick, fried chicken is maybe number one. Fried chicken might be number one. All right, the chicken's see. number two. Okay, okay, let me see. Let me I could see. see I could see either or, one or two, but chicken wings and fried chicken, one or two or two and one. So I'm, I'm, I'm putting some notes on here. We'll adjust this as we as as, as, the, as the date gets closer. But already, I, I've, as somebody who's complained in the past about the selection committee, I, I feel your pain now. Number five, I put. I was asking Priya about uh, bar Indian drinking foods and bar foods, and she basically said you should lump chat chat of all sorts. Now, our, our beloved pow bhaji, your pakoras, all your fried Indian snacks are wonderful drinking foods. So I seeded them. I mean, at you can't five. just put chat and not put anything else from around the world there as fried. I got, I got more. I got more. Number six, you have your empanadas and pastels, your fried po- meat pockets, bread pockets. Put, dump, put dumplings too, then. Dumplings are separate. Dumplings are, dumplings are uh, somewhere in here. They're down in the grilled, baked, boiled, pan fried section. Uh, onion rings at seven, jalapeno poppers at eight, nine is taquitos, ten is your fried, your calamari, your fried shrimp, your your clam strips, eleven you have croquettes or fritters. <laughs> chicken parma's out. It's redundant. Well, chicken parma, I was giving a little nod to the to Oceania. <laughs> I couldn't come up with any iconic bar foods from Australia, New Zealand, other than the chicken parma, which is like their classic one. You want me to remove it? What the fuck is a chicken parma? At every bar and pub in Australia, the number one item is a chicken parm. Like, this is their drinking food. Maybe it just I mean, needs to be I, seated lower. I've never seen that happen. Chicken this, parma. This is this. Well, I don't think you were hanging out at Divey enough places. <laughs> Egg rolls at 13. Fried fish, including fish and chips. I also was going to lump in things like, you know, in, in ritzier places, you have fried anchovies and things like that. 14, or 15, your fried vegetables, you know, your buffalo cauliflowers, your fried whatever. Curry versed is actually a thing? Curry versed is a, yeah, it's it's French fries with curry ketchup I know, but and where, 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 where do you get it? Ireland, right? No, in Germany. Oh. Um. We can we can consider. I wonder if Currywurst is truly a bar food. You have sausages two times. All right, so maybe Currywurst has to go. No, well, you have sausages around region two. 
and hot dogs. What's going on? No, no, they're the number one seed. They're uh, the one, there's a one seed in each region. Okay, I know, I saw. But you did move sausages. Oh no, I got it, got it, got it, got it. I see, I see, I see. <laughs> so region two, the raw cured is the number one seed again. Is not raw or cured, but it is sausages or hot dogs. Number two is chips and salsa. Number three is cheese, not fried, just cheese. Four, you've got your cured meats. Five, guacamole. Six, sashimi, raw fish. You know your izakaya staples. Seven, caviar for the Eastern European block. <laughs> Eight is pickles. Nine, oysters. Ten, ten, tinned or cured fish. The eleven seed is olives. Twelve seed is fried pickles, which is questionable to me. Thirteen was my my Southeast Asian nod. You have your sort of nam prick and relishes that you know you've got your spicy meaty relishes that you dip raw vegetables into. Fourteen, I had a question for you. I was trying to pick some iconic tapas. Yeah, that's the best one. That's the best one. Gilda Pincho, right? Yeah. Uh, do you want to describe this one for people? Olive anchovy. Yeah, on a, on a, on a toothpick. Uh, 15 is a Japanese staple, yaki emo, the roasted sweet potato. And it's <laughs> and, and rounding out at 16 is crudite. Uh, in the region three, catch-all grilled, baked, boiled, pan-fried, the number one seed, again, fried potatoes. Two is yakitori, or I'm going to say skewered skewered meats. Grilled meats, maybe. Uh, three is sliders. Four, potato skins. Five is, I was, I was trying, I guess I was trying to distinguish between like cumin lamb skewers and yakitori. Do you think they have a place on here? Put, put kebab. Kebab. Six is a Thai thing. Gaiyang, the grilled chicken. Seven, meat pies. Eight, quesadillas. Nine, crawfish boils. Ten, gyoza slash dumplings. You got quesadillas way too low. All right, I'll move it up, move it up. Quesadillas is a two seed. I'd also put meat pies as a three seed. Got it. Got and it. I put riblets as a four seed. <laughs> and I put poutine as a five seed. Wait, wait, wait. You're going to... No, sliders, sliders this... out there. Sliders is a one. Okay, but no. what about... You just bump potato skins down to a six or seven. Yeah, because that's where it should be. Okay, okay, okay. It's not like, uh, you know, I put fried potatoes a one or two. Uh, yeah, it's two. It's tough. I put quesadillas two. Yeah. Sliders one. No, 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 no. Fried potatoes... Fried potatoes are a number one seed, my friend. Fried potatoes one. Quesadillas... Uh, sliders two, quesadillas three. Okay. <laughs> Meat pies four. Riblets Poutine. five. Yeah. Poutine six. Potato skins seven seed. S pretzel seven. And then everything else, who gives a fuck? <laughs> Do you think Bulldog has a place on here? No. What is your okay, what is your Korean representative in this in this bracket? Um Okay. Uh, region four in the packaged region, mostly packaged region. I would, I, no, 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 no. I think you got to do something that's more traditional Anju. So I think Bosam. Bosam is probably the right one. What about seeding? How do you feel about it at the 11th spot? It's fine. Here? It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> You're looking for one of those uh, uh, 11 5 upsets here, yeah. I can see. Uh,. <laughs> It's 11, 5, 11, 6 upsets. Um, 
In the mostly packaged category, the one seed is going to be pizza flatbread from the overall national or international seeds. Number two are going to be chips and crisps. Three, pork rinds or scratchings. Four, meatballs. How, how, are, how are meatballs packaged? I didn't have enough packaged foods. I had to start peppering things in here from other regions. Uh, I think meatballs got to go. To the other region? Well, I mean, it can't be in a fucking package. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I just ran out of room, though. We're not. The thing is, if we if we start killing some of these ones in here for more packaged, packaged, stuff. packaged and etc. Uh, okay, fine, packaged and etc. Meatballs, spinach artichoke dip. Uh, I gave a slot to corn dogs and kushiage, even though they're technically already a sausage. Do you think they deserve their own entry? For they're not going to win anyways. Doesn't matter. <laughs> sausage rolls, nuts. T- Mixed crunchies, including Chex Mix and uh, the Indian mixes and the Asian mixes. Uh, cheese puffs or crackers. Popcorn. This is another et cetera. Do you think that Jun have a place on this list? No. No. Okay. Something you want to replace it with? You don't have... Uh, oh, you have beef jerky already. We can make a place for duck bokeh here if you want. No. You don't have tortilla chips. Chips last crisps. Oh. We also have nachos up top. You don't have rice puffs. Ah. Rice crackers. All right. Rice puffs slash crackers. Corn nuts, jerky slash biltong slash dried meats. Crunchy pretzels. And in the 16 seed, dried seafood, your dried squid shreds and things like that. So... That's a 64-team bracket. I didn't do 68. I can't do the play-in tournament. It's fine. All right, so I'll adjust this. And then on Friday, when Dave and I are in Las Vegas with a special guest, we're going to put these all to matchups and and argue and debate and discuss and come out hopefully with a 2023. So before, before we go, let's just give everybody what we think are – not necessarily dark horses. What you think is going to win? Your Cinderellas. No, oh no, no! You want your, who's going to win? In Region Four, package and etc. I'm going with corn nuts. It's coming out of the, at the, at the very coming end out. of this thing. Coming out of the very end, or jerky or corn nuts. It's going to be a 13 or 14 seed. Feeling very strongly about that. My Region Three grilled, baked, boiled, pan fried. <clears throat> I am going to go with quesadilla as my eight seed. Going to go all the way to the final final four. Well, they've moved it to they're a three seed now, but you're picking quesadillas. Oh. Okay, quesadilla. My Region raw two. and cured. I'm going to go with guacamole, fifth seed. <laughs> I'll see you in the final four, guacamole. <laughs> and my last representative of the final four, fried. I'm going with. One with onion rings. Interesting. So you got a you you have no no top seeds in your final four. No. I think that from my region one fried, I think fried chicken's going to come out on top. My re- region two raw slash cured. I think that. Uh, <sighs> Honestly, I think you're right about guacamole in the five seed. 
Yeah. That's that's it's got that's, an easy, it's got an easy easy It's got path. an easy path to the final four. <laughs> Region three, grilled baked, boiled pan fried, even though all these all these um <clears throat> these seeds are gonna get moved around a little bit. I think that God, fried potatoes is hard not to see. Fried potatoes is the is the Duke or UNC. It's hard not to see them in the final four, but um <sighs> I'm going to say that I'm going to say Yakitori is going to make a little run at this. And in region four package, et cetera, I'm going to go with the seven seed sausage rolls is making a little, making a little Cinderella run. Wow. Wow. We'll see. We'll see who wins. <laughs> so that's all going to unfold at the cosmopolitan. If anybody happens to be in Vegas, wait till you see our, um, do we let them know our little, uh, um, what's it called? Scavenger hunt. Scavenger hunt. <laughs> we've got we've got another fun game. We're gonna we're gonna introduce. Uh, it'll be a year long competition for all of you who want to play along with us. Um, we gotta end this right now because I'm about to fall asleep. Dave's legitimately falling asleep right now. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Give us five stars. Good night, Dave.